Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Litecoin Underground Podcast. Continuing on from yesterday's episode, this was the rest of that spaces. Again, kind of changed some subjects, talked a little more about kind of how do we create demand, how do we create adoption. You know, one of the things I think that always is, is kind of silly to me is when people are kind of begging uh, merchants, oh, you need to add you know, a lot of people add lightning support or add Litecoin or add Dogecoin or whatever it is. It's like, you know, you got to make it meaningful to that vendor, that merchant. They can't, you can't just make people <laughs> offer the receipt of it and expect that to somehow change the world, right? Um, you've got to really get the message out about why these things are important, why the coins need to be used and and for your average person what what is it that's meaningful to them uh, i don't have all the answers you know and i think that's a puzzle we've all kind of uh worked on over the past couple of years and so we had a couple more a little more conversation about that and again it was we'd already been talking about a lot of weird stuff from yesterday's episode so it continued got into some weird sci-fi stuff again but anyway uh i hope you enjoy it and uh you know follow me on twitter if you're not or x i guess we'll call it at LTC Underground. And again, give me some feedback if there's some other topics you'd like me to cover. Um, I think we're branching out a little bit. And I may do some kind of solo episodes again. I got some more ideas on my mind. So hopefully I'll have some of that in the future. But thanks again for always listening. Have a good week. Bye. Well, you know what I wanted to... I titled this thing Demand Equals Adoption because I wanted to talk about this. The reason I originally, nearly two years ago... By the way, I think this is the 100th episode of the Litecoin Underground. But uh, was originally like thinking through things like how do we, I don't know, as a community, what do we want? What do we want to grow? Do we want to help each other out? I always tell this story. Johnny Litecoin, he's the guy who's in, he's in uh, POS systems. And I'm like, maybe he could teach us something and how to help go educate merchants and all that type of shit. But demand is, I posted it earlier, it's nothing is scarce if there is no demand, right? So how do we create demand for Litecoin or crypto in general? Like is our only message inflation hedge? Uh, what is it that connects with people? Do you guys think in your experience and talking about crypto that actually means something to your average Joe and it can't be getting rich. That's my only rule. I always, sorry. I always turn to the, anti-corruption thing a lot of people live in like societies where their government's corrupt and having a crypto standard bitcoin litecoin whatever even doge i mean that would help level the playing field at least in terms of some level of corrupt government and yeah i mean that's that's the biggest one right like it's freedom of speech it's anti-censored anti-censorship um in a time where it feels like everyone's out to get you, the media, the government, and corporations, it's it's well, a it's a it feels like a safe space. Well, like, what's the goal? Like, I think that was something I was thinking about. Like, when we, if we had a, I don't know. Like, I've I've always struggled this with Litecoin. Like, what's our identity? And maybe, maybe it doesn't need to be crypto or Litecoin specific, but you know, what is it that what is the problem that is that people could perceive that we're trying to solve? And I, I corruption is a good one. Um, I know that was one of the things when I was, again, today, looking back, literally, I was going back like two years 
in my Facebook stuff. I was just scrolling. I was getting rid of some stuff. There's reasons for that. But <laughs> I was like, uh, a lot of people were like, oh, well, what about it could be hacked or, you know, um, what about this exchange that was fraudulent, right? And that isn't a attack vector. People want to make it out to be fraudulent. And so driving home the point that you can't spend fraudulent coins is a good, that's a good thought, animal. I mean, yeah, I guess if, if the if the government decides to disappear, you're right. Like if you're a journalist, for example, and you get canceled um, unfairly or fairly, I don't know. But if you do get canceled and then they take, they just close your bank accounts, take all your shit and you're kind of left. Well, you're, you're just, you're kind of on an island of, of suck and like you can't really escape. Yeah, um, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for like like a guy like Russell Brand, right? He's a perfect example. He could just why aren't these guys putting up QR codes in the corner of the screen? I accept donations in, right? And bypassing their the overlords in a way. I don't uh, think he needs money. <clears throat> no, he, but you know what I'm saying? Like that'd be a good example of a case. Or the girl Christy Lee who came in here. Put it. Put a QR code in the corner of your screen. Why not? Right. Should should be a pay name or or MWeb address. Do you think maybe they have accountants that are like, ah, we don't really want to deal with this stuff. Like, if you do crypto stuff, you have to do that on your own. And because they don't have the time to like do the tax stuff on their own, and a lot of accountants don't want to do it, they just end up dealing with like regular dollars instead. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that's a big part, man. I'm sure. Uh, I think someone like in that Christy Lee's situation, she's on a network that has sponsors, right? So she's, the sponsors pay the network to run programming and they don't want, they don't want these people to not be influenced by the, like to be able to enrich themselves outside of the sponsorships. Does that make sense? Like I used to do an ATM business and accepted, you know, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum on and and uh, when I go to do my taxes, I could give like if I had to do all the crypto side myself and put it in a spreadsheet for them, like they wouldn't go onto Coinbase and download the report. Like they just wouldn't do it. We couldn't, and we could only find one person to be the accountant to do it for us. Because other people are like, oh, yeah, we just don't handle those type of businesses. You know, we wouldn't be we wouldn't know how to tabulate it for you. And we found one person that would and we had to do the legwork anyway. So, like, I don't understand how somebody like like a, a very high end person who's obviously going to have someone doing their finances for them. They're probably running up against that same. Uh, that's just from personal experience. And it wasn't even a very large thing. It wasn't very many transactions. But at the same time, it was like. You, seriously you can't log into like a banking app and just download a csv file like it's not <laughs> what what the hell right it's a very strange experience yeah i agree with you it's, it is it is weird and maybe it's just a matter of time you know where and, you know and the other thing that people have to remember is that it's legal to gift people that you don't even know up to fifteen thousand dollars and you don't have to report it taxes do you guys know all this that's that's every transaction I, I do is a gift under fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, if you got kids, you and your spouse can both 
give them $15,000. Not that I'm doing this yet. You know, if crypto goes up, we'll see. But uh, yeah, you can donate. You can give it to your kids, $30,000 if you're two parents because you're two individuals. And you don't even have to report it. How many times a year can you do that? Once a year, up to 30,000 a year for a married couple, 15 as individual. So a lot of times you'll see people, they'll brand their receipts. They'll go, they'll tip and they'll go, this is a gift. You don't need to report this on your taxes. Like these libertarians, right? Like this is a $50 tip, but this is a gift. Don't report it on your taxes. Fuck yeah, man. It's all gifts. I mean, give your friend a gift. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know if we have the same thing in Canada, but um I'm sure you do. I'm sure there's some I'm gonna look it up right now. Go ahead. So you guys fill the time. Fill the time. I'm gonna look this up. No, not that I have uh money to be giving gifts around like that, but you know, it's good to know. Just in case I, I gave know that people Dogecoin right before it exploded to gajillions. And uh so I wonder what that count says. <laughs> You know, you give somebody a thousand bucks and suddenly it's, uh, you know, well, that's pro- if, you, if you do your taxes, right? Like, I don't know if you use Coinbase or whatever, but like everything can be tied to your person unless you're mining them and getting them yourself. Um, but you, I, I think you, you're, you've, you pay the tax, uh, on the price of the asset at the time. So if it was like, if you had, Gave him the Doge at I don't know, it was fifteen satoshis or something at the bottom. Um, you wouldn't have had to pay too much in taxes at that time because you wouldn't have made tons of profit. I'm assuming at that oh, point. Animal, animal. Oh no, 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 no. Wait, time out, time out, time the fuck out. There is no gift tax in Canada. I'm reading this, and there's no limit to how much you can gift someone. What? what? The fuck? That's cool. That's in Canada. I don't know if that's true. Hang on a minute. I'm making sure. I'm looking. Um, dude, it sounds like you can. Based on the interwebs, I might have to. I might have to do. Uh, let me check Chat GPT. And we'll play... show up to the next spaces. He's just gone. Well, no one's giving me many fucking money, so like, I'm just a little surprised. <laughs> that's crazy, dude. People should be handing out money left and right. This is a gift in exchange for the product you're giving me. <laughs> no, there's no exchange. You're just gifting to them and they're gifting yeah, to you. Bartering. Exactly. That... No, not even bartering. They, you just got a gift for them because it was your birthday. It was also happened to be their birthday. I'm um, going to my, in my local school district too. right now. I'm going through this. They're about to, they just, in 2020, we just passed the school levy and they, they're bringing up a fucking another one. And I was telling my dad, I was like, dude, I pay like the way, cause I work in one city and I live in another one. So I pay like something like two and a half percent income tax, city tax. Plus my school district tax is like one and a half percent. Plus my property tax is another $4,000 a year. And it's like, what the fuck, dude, this shit just hits you. And every, I could have a whole spaces every week complaining about taxes between sales, just the local shit. The federal tax is the least of my fucking problems. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you should, you should come to Montreal sometime, man. Talk to some of the business owners here. You'll see how insane it is. Like, 
Oh, it's, it's mad. It's horrible. Personally, like I pay like close to forty eight percent. It's insane. That is ridiculous, man. And all that money can't pay back the debt they racked up either. It just can't. I know. They have <laughs> That's print- the best part of this whole thing. It oh, can yeah. never Speaking pay of, it back. Isn't your government shutting down like in a couple of days? No. That's probably for the best, right? Yeah, really. Save us some money. But I mean they might. Shit, guys. They've, done, they've done this ten times before. Yeah. They yeah, haven't yeah. done it this way, have they? Where they had like that single don't they have the thing with Matt Gates where he's like, oh, this is a single item vote. So like they can't do these bills where they sneak in a bunch of stuff. And that's what kind of like the Democratic side had been doing for the longest time is they put in a bill and they put a bunch of stuff they want in it and they force you to put it through. Otherwise, the government shuts down. And now with Matt Gates, he got the speaker to agree that like, hey, we're only doing these single item agreements. You can't put a bunch of things in a bill and then have it go through. And then I didn't the speaker like say, Oh, I'm going back on it now. I'm not doing it anymore or something like that. I, that was just in the know. news. I literally, I literally stopped. I, I stopped paying attention to politics a while ago and I, I need to get back into it. Cause it's laughable. It's so fucking stupid. It it's, is, it's it exciting too, man. Honestly, when it gets, this is, it feels like the season finale right now. We're getting to like, <laughs> I hope it is the season finale of, of government forever. <laughs> Doesn't it though? I mean, this time is different. This time is different. We got COVID. We got like this acid bubble. We got the everything bubbles and AI and stuff. I don't know. Do you think we even need him? We don't even need him. No, fuck it. We're gonna. There's gonna be a furlough, and then the government's gonna come to a standstill. We're like, well, we can't afford to pay you guys anyways. And look at this. ChatGPT can do it for free. Yeah, we could have as many Trumps or Bidens as we want, and we they could be the president, and we could all live in our own reality in which whatever government we think is real is actually in control. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the singularity, we'll just, yeah, well, like uh, Elon said, you know, we're likely in a simulation, so... Okay. Oh, here's a here's an interesting question. I don't I don't want this to go on forever. I do actually, I actually have to get up and moving and travel in the morning um but if you could be in a simulation instead of reality would you choose the simulation going around the room big chief simulation or reality well he might already be in a simulation animal i I need more context you can't just say like would you want to go in a like simulate what like, like would it be a simulated matrix. hell? Would, would it suck the or the would matrix. it be amazing? You're the matrix. Your body's in, you're basically like plugged into a system. You believe it to be real and it could be the greatest reality. Oh, you mean like right now? Like, yeah, would I rather this be real or a simulation? Fuck, that's weird. No, would that's you rather question. go into a simulation or continue your life in the physical world if you had the option right now? I, I would, I don't know. It would have to be better. It would have to be cool. And It'd it feels cool, like when bro. you when you phrase it that way, it feels like a death sentence. Like it sounds yeah. like, would you want to be in the simulation? Or like, yeah, like yeah, like I some guess. People you know, some people you some people you know, like your friends and family, might choose to stay in the real world, and they'll just be like, oh, well, he's just gone. Like I can't ever communicate with him ever again. If if the if my circumstances in life were not what they were now, like say if I were handicapped or maybe old or dying, 
Um, yeah, yeah, it would be better, I think. Not to say, but you know what I mean. Like, I if, if this, I know. okay, I if if there was like, yeah, if there was some kind of fallout situation and we were driven underground, um, yeah, for sure. But now, like, no, I'm pretty. I think life is pretty good, and I'm happy to see it happen naturally for myself. If we can, if I can. Right, you don't want to check out. It does. It feels like a cop out, right? To just no, no. I got like okay. I've I, honestly life. Like I'm, I'm very fortunate, and um, yeah, I, I don't think I would oh. give this up for like some being in a simulation. Hey, by the way, I got a question for you. How easy is it for you to travel to the U.S.? Kind of easy. I'm getting my Nexus card though, so then it'll be super easy. But yeah, I'm, travel, I'm supposed to be going soon. How far are you from Rochester, New York? five hours probably five and a half i might be going there i might go see tool in rochester new york it's like november 6th i think and i got a buddy who lives in connecticut and i was like dude we should meet there and i was like shit animal might be right up there and i do have one black hat left animal oh really well so okay. it's funny because master messaged me and he's like dude do you have any hats left and i was like i don't think so and uh, he had his, he'd run it through the washer and dryer and shit. It was all fucked up. And I was like, I really don't think I have any. Let me check. And then like that same day, you were like, do you have any hats left? I'm like, God damn it, dude. So I looked, <laughs> I have one, I have one pristine white one and two black ones that I have, that have never been touched. Right. Cause I have ones that I wear, but I wanted to keep one of each for like my own posterity. And, uh. Maybe I'll maybe maybe you can have the black one is my point, and I can ship it to Canada. I don't know why that was a barrier before. Thought I gave you one, but we should meet if you. But you do like Tool? Do you like the band Tool, or do you even know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've, I have an idea of who Tool is. I oh, don't, I, I, can, I can't say I'm a huge okay. fan. Okay. But yeah, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> you know the pieces fit though. Is that no, the... no, I'm I'm nuts about. It. But you know I. Yeah, um, they're they're my jam. That's my jam. But I love music in general. So cool. Anyway, yeah. So I guess you gotta you gotta get there. Maybe I don't know. Um, I'm supposed well, to be going I, to I, New I York City it, at some point. Yeah, I was thinking it was like maybe right across the. It's kind of far. And I was like, well, damn. If it's only an hour or something, that'd be perfect. But yeah, don't go out of your way. Uh, but anyway, how do we create demand for crypto? It has to create Maybe. itself as economic collapse. No, you've got to make it cool somehow. Is the real thing. Like he's like the Pokemon card, man. It's so cool. I'm telling you, Umbreon, Okay, you know so you can have like a, a wallet then. In that case, you could use some kind of cool wallet that uses tap. It has to be convenient. It has to be so easy that people don't even notice that they're doing it the way they can tap with their phones. Cause that's what it is. People in general, man, like there's, again, I'll, I'll bring it back to Missy and Crypto because she does this kind of thing. She goes up to kids on the street and she'll ask them be like, yo, do you know what Bitcoin is? And they're like, uh, it's like digital money or something. And they have no idea. Right. Yep. Um, and they should just ask random people in the streets. And so of course, like, they're just like, yeah, you know, I just have uh, Apple pay and they just pay it like that. They just pass. Uh, and that's actually a really safe way to do it. It's good for, you know, fighting fraud. And all this stuff, it's a lot harder to swipe these things. In fact, you can't, like you would a, a magnetic strip or even a chip. Um, so, I mean, 
It has to I be. Think, it has to compete with that. No, essentially, so I, I think. That, but that's the thing. You can't just match what currently exists, right? You can't be like, oh, they have speed. Well, yeah, I have speed too. Like you have to do. What is the thing that people will go? Oh, okay. And I think what you said the the anti corruption part and the privacy thing is a big part of it to be like look this is money nobody knows about you know you're buying and i'm say you're buying something from somebody you're not supposed to buy boom nobody needs to know about it or like your parents i don't know maybe it could be even kids like their parents oh you want to buy something you don't want them your parents to know about it boom here's a way that you can buy it you know it's definitely like it's definitely a, a check against an overreaching government and corporate thing. I, I I think it's yeah all that all that that you said as well. Okay, but I mean, the, think, think about think about all the things there is to buy in the world, right? There's a lot of things out there. People allocate their funds to all sorts of different things. So I don't know. You have to make it better than anything else. You have to make it. I feel like it already is close to the top, but. I don't know. Well, yeah, but you have to answer that question. Why is somebody going to buy it? Like your average, again, average person is not Michael Saylor. Your average person is not going, well, I'm going to, you know, I have a 10-year window in which I'm going to invest in this thing. And like, you know, they're not worried about that. Like what's the immediate benefit to a guy who doesn't have savings? You have to build something on top of Litecoin that people want. That only can that Litecoin can only be spent for that thing, which is I think something that Ethereum did with Web three is like most of Web three is on Ethereum, so you have to have Ethereum to make it work. So you have to buy Ethereum. But Litecoin needs something like that where you can only do it using Litecoin. So you need the Litecoin to be able to do it. Like that's I think it's the ultimate driver of demand. Like so Apple knows this. That's why Apple products sell so well. They have software gardens where like only this is this software only runs on a Mac or only runs on an iPhone and therefore you need an iPhone or a Mac to be able to use this particular software. So you have to buy their, their computer system. Um, I think Litecoin, I think most coins should have something similar to that. And it's not just a use case. It's a, it's like an application. Like what does this thing do in my technology that I need it to do that I need to buy Litecoin to make that thing happen. And Right now, for me, that application is financial, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. So, I think there's you're all at, kinds of stuff they can build I, on top of it. I don't think most people save. I think that's the thing that we're all a little bit twisted up about. Most people, eighty percent of people, don't have savings, right? In the United States, probably ninety percent of people around the world don't have any kind of like they probably don't even have a bank account. Not because they can't get one, but because they don't have any meaningful savings to bother with, you know? And so what would be the benefit to somebody like that? Uh, Speed, simplicity, right? Cross-border payments, privacy. I don't know. I just feel like sometimes we get, we're so fragmented into all these different worlds. We're trying to like satisfy a thousand different things and not ever saying like, what is the thing that makes Litecoin uh, meaningful? That's been the thing. I've, I've talked about this a long time ago. Our, our, our identity as Litecoin is a little bit gray sometimes. Like, yeah, we're, we're kind of the little brother to Bitcoin. Okay. 
but what what is it that we do that like that Bitcoin can't do? What is it Litecoin does that Dogecoin can't do? You know, and I think defining that and really standing on that principle of it could be you know saving your own money, being your own bank. Bitcoin is gonna is running out of that. They're they've clearly decided they don't want to do that anymore. And I think maybe separating ourselves from Bitcoin is a smart thing to do uh, in a marketing way. Sorry, go ahead, Animal. I cut you off. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I, I definitely think that, um, I mean, hedging everything on Bitcoin is great. But if you want to, if you want to analyze why Litecoin will be better, you first have to understand everything about Bitcoin almost perfectly, um, and then you would be able to appreciate Litecoin's okay, Litecoin's okay. alternative methods of doing stuff. You know, but we need to boil that down. You can't say that to an average. Well, first go understand Bitcoin, then you can understand Litecoin. No. Well, you have to though, because they're, no, they're so similar. No, There's don't. a nuance to how they do stuff, right? Explain to me. What Litecoin does that Bitcoin can't do? Can uh, I, as it is Come right on. now, I mean, there's fungibility. It merge mines. Um, I don't know. It's easier to, stash. easier to be sovereign on Litecoin, for sure. More Can transactions, I, cheaper fees. Like, there's a ton of different stuff. Yeah. Also, and I don't want to say it like this, but like at the moment, but like strong leadership, I feel like, you know, Charlie Lee, whatever people say about him, I feel that a lot of what he's done um, that he's telegraphed has been transparent. And I think that's kind of hard uh, to say for a lot of other founders. Can I say, I was thinking about making it cool, right? How do you make it cool? You know what? Actually, I just realized you don't make it cool. It becomes cool by being able to buy cool things with it. Like, that's actually how it, you know, I'm talking about these Pokemon cards, all these Pokemon cards, like Litecoin would be a hell of a lot cooler if I was able to buy cool things with it. You know, I mean, it's like, uh, maybe it all is about the merchants. Maybe that's the whole name of the game. I mean, I don't know. I, I That's a good thought, though. Like, that's kind of what I got to come up with a better name for you, dude. Crypto Tyson. I don't know. I like Crypto Tyson. I, I like that. I don't know. I don't like it yet. <laughs> you don't even like it. I'm not sold on it yet. I'm just thinking. But anyway, that's what he's saying. Like you got to have these like economies where you're you have to use one. Like they're in order to get access to whatever, you have to buy Litecoin. That that is what that's what Ethereum's been built on. Um but to me, I mean that's just short-term stuff, you know. You need to be able to load up your crypto on like eBay or something and then be able to make purchases with it. That's like, that's actually the future. Or you have like a wallet and you're on eBay and you're browsing and you can just like, it's very easy. Yeah. Know. Not, not load up on eBay, but actually just use some kind of uh, wallet. Exactly. As you said, to interface with eBay. Yeah. 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 It would be so cool. Do you think, after like the financial world gets the whole ETF thing and like corporations start realizing that they can actually buy a contract that's a promise for a particular delivery spot delivery of of an asset, then 
something like X platform is going to allow Dogecoin and Litecoin and Bitcoin to just like flow maybe. And that'll be like the killer app because Elon wants to make X into the killer app. And it's like, well, the reason why you want to have Litecoin now is because you don't know who's going to plug it into their killer app next. And, you know, the X platform is probably going to be kind of like the whole WeChat thing. So like, you should be able to live on X pretty soon, right? Do you think once it gets plugged into one, it will quickly fall? All the others will quickly follow? Or do you think it's going to take some time? Probably. Some I time. really have no idea how it's going to play out. I would imagine a lot of the other platforms are a lot more strict on this. And you're going to see exchanges, uh, which I already see them doing, becoming banks and like social platforms, like combined into one thing. And you're going to see social platforms becoming banks and, and exchanges. And you're going to see this merging of like every you're starting to slowly see like this merging of everything apps. Like even Meta is becoming like, hey, don't use your bank, you know, use our messaging service. Or they even like Robinhood is trying to get me to do direct deposits from my job. You know, like just all these things want you to just live in their ecosystem. So I think the smart ones, yeah, will just turn it on all of a sudden and then like, like amazon too would be a huge one amazon if amazon accepts crypto it's over I mean, these are tech you guys are technical to a degree okay i don't have i'm not set up for subscriptions yet on twitter and i don't think i will be even if i got it up i don't think i'd get any but uh how hard would it be to set up a wallet to or like I set up a uh, QR code or one of my addresses and somebody can subscribe and automatically deposit from a wallet every month. And then I can detect payment from wall from said wallet and actually tie that to an identity, tie that to an account in some way. You know what I'm saying? Animal. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Isn't so that kind of like why, the, like you, the identity thing? Twitter. Why do I need Twitter to run my own program? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the the whole point. It depends how they implement it, I guess. Um, you almost do a mailing. Could you do a mailing list where, like, each month? Fuck, that'd be a pain in the ass for people. But like, where it's like some some way it changes where I can detect where a payment that somebody paid in order to be on this mailing list and the mailing list changes based on who paid. That's, that's friend tech, dude. That's exactly what friend tech is, is doing. You, you sell people shares of your, of you, uh, and that invites them to hear your, 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 your mental waterfalls. You could just have chat rooms and stuff and have conversations with yourself or you can invite other people to talk. I think I'm not sure how it works, but yeah. Um, it's it's kind of that people have some kind of clout and that enables them to share shares to sell shares of themselves which eventually drives up or drives down the supply and increases the value well it's all transactions are push right so that would be the feature of of the wallet not of the so we're so used to doing things the other way where like the thing has all your information and sucks the money out once a month. That's kind yeah. of how banks work. Uh, this is push. So this would be a feature of, of the wallet application, not the 
platform. So the platform would have to create a wallet application that pairs with it, that has that capability. Otherwise, they just have all your crypto anyway, and you're just it's just, just numbers on a Excel spreadsheet or database. I guess the problem. Well, okay. Well, okay. The but, problem with uh, that is also it breaks the subscription model method of doing business. Like uh, so many businesses have moved and transitioned to subscription model. Okay. How do you do with that? You're gonna have to like for Word, for example, or like OneDrive that I have. Um, it's ten bucks a month or something. How would that work? Like, would I have to pay monthly, and then they you'd would have give to me use their days? wallet, right? And you'd have to deposit crypto into their wallet and then their wallet would have that schedule in it unless you have a wallet that can do a scheduled payout to that's a, a, that's what you would need yeah, yeah a wallet that about. schedules payments if i get cake, and like some kind of standard I yeah, cake wallet and i'm like hey uh develop something where yeah i can have a an amount in a wallet and you're going to send it to the same public address every 30 days but I want you to send it from a different from a different public address on my end, maybe. You get what I'm saying? So I'm right, just yeah. looking online. All I see is maybe like crypto.com has a pay subscription uh, feature that allows you to collect subscriptions from uh, customers, but like they all have to be in the same ecosystem. So again, everybody has to be on the same platform and that platform has to have an identity of the people that are paying the subscription and blah, blah. So like I'd have to have a crypto.com wallet and you know what I'm saying? It's, that's, that's where you need somebody who's has enough clout, like a Joe Rogan, like a Russell brand where their fans are loyal enough. They'll go, you know what? I'm going to go through the trouble of doing this. And that they guys... create such great content that people are like, fuck it. I'm going to jump through the hoops. You know what I'm saying? I've been on Rumble recently because of, you know, brand Russell brand. And, um, it's interesting, man. It's totally different from YouTube. And like, I don't think they'll, I mean, for me, it's not the same experience at all. It's, uh, YouTube has a whole bunch of stuff that I like and really Rumble's got one type of thing that I find kind of interesting. (laughs) It's not like, and then that's it. You know, like it's very, it's very, there aren't a lot of people there, right? A lot of exclusive channels. Anyways. But I've been there this week for the first time. It's I have an account now. I logged in. It's pretty you're funny. Down the rabbit hole, dude. You're going down the rabbit hole. It's uh yeah. <laughs> Actually I haven't been I haven't been there much either. I I don't know. To me, some of the there's not much on there for me, right? Besides, like the things that that go viral. There's um, well, stuff like it. It's all. It all sometimes also feels very like you know. Again, WWF wrestling. It's like people making a mountain out of a molehill. You know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But for me, it's it's just I, I like to you know when I go on YouTube, it's usually to look at stuff about cars. Or like I don't know whatever else I'm into at the moment, and there's none of that like on Rumble. There's no like product reviews, right? There's no tech channels or anything. Um, it's mostly just political stuff. So uh, it's just less useful, and maybe that'll change over time. Maybe it's people, but it has to be like accepted and widely accepted, and at the same time profitable by like by society standards. 
We'll see. Well, so if I if there was a way I could post an address as like Quinn Underground, and I was like, look, if you want to come into spaces, you have to be a subscriber, right? I don't think that many people would do that, by the way. <laughs> but even it was like ninety nine cents a month, and um, I could do it directly without having to use X or Twitter. That'd be that would be a kind of a killer app if a wallet were able to come up with that. But I'm not sure how they would do that. Yeah, it seems I kind of like a smart should, contract dude, type deal. You should totally set up friend.tech. Do you have a do you have, do you have an invite? I think if you ask an invite, there are bots that um uh, that scrape Twitter or X for these phrases. Like, do you have a, a friend tech invite? And they'll just give you one. No, there's a girl who came in here a few weeks ago actually that Emily loves crypto or something. And she's been posting a lot about it and i started but it sounds like it got it hit a wave everybody was all excited about it and then it kind of died it's it's an ethereum thing right yeah yeah it's pretty cool i don't have an iphone and that's that's man i, sh- I really should have gotten one i don't know why i got this, this another android like what the hell's wrong with me I have an old iPhone. I mean, then I get to get everybody, in, work. everybody in here onto Ethereum and shit. I don't think that's happening. Well, can you yeah. do smart contracts on on Litecoin with the MWeb stuff? Well, OmniLight, you can do it on OmniLight. Do there's ordinals, right? Uh, and LTC twenty tokens. You basically need a piece of code to execute when you pay the contract and that's what you're trying to do so you set up a contract address and that contract that address goes okay i'll execute this piece of code for this litecoin fee and then i'll i'll forward the litecoin that gets sent to here plus an id to this wallet and then you get the id message and the thing and then maybe a database reads that and goes okay yes that means this person paid the subscription like that's that's like the technical way it would be done now as far as programming it. I don't know how to do that, but. I just chat GPT. Apparently that's all you got to do. Ask chat GPT how to make it happen. Right. And you need a certain <laughs> level of uh, competency at the moment. I, I don't think hundred <laughs> percent. It Right now it's uh, what would you call the limitless pill? It's like uh, NCT or whatever it was called. Where like, if you're dumb, it makes you a little bit smarter, but if you're smart, it makes you a lot smarter, you know. That's <laughs> crazy. I didn't, I didn't say that. What are you talking about? No, I'm saying that's kind of the way AI is now, like with the chatbots and stuff. Like, if you talk to it, like a regular programmer could maybe do like a week's worth of work in an hour, but like someone who's never programmed might be able to like do their first program, you know? Like, oh, for sure. Yeah, I was telling it to my wife because like, I was thinking about like putting a website together, and I was like. I'm watching these people going, well, I, I could probably do this now because I've seen people go, they'll like, they'll reference another website and they'll say, I want my website to look just like this. And then, you know, ChatGPT can code it that way, right? Um, well, I've messed around with it. And the thing is, it's very, it has a certain level of association it can do. And you kind of have to like, it's a very, it's like an idiot savant. You have to lead it to the answer. It can paint a perfect copy, 
but you have to tell it exactly what you want, right? So, like, it just, it's hard to lead it the right way because then you get down these rabbit holes of it starts putting, like, multiples of the same button or it won't exactly move it over the right number of pixels that you want because it just doesn't get the context 100%. But it'll get, like, a good template. Like, boom, here's a here's a quick front-end template. But, like, none of the JavaScript is connected. And, not, and you can say, hey, write JavaScript for this. And it'll get it, like, mostly right. And you'll have to hand-fix all the broken things. So unless you know how to hand-fix all those things, you're really just, like, shortcutting time for handwriting it you're really not like it's not doing it for you as much as you're just asking for things if you already know what you're talking about but hold on a second aren't we teaching it how to do that every time a programmer does that and wouldn't it be possible then for the machine to learn how to fix itself the same way think, a programmer would debug it manually so i think they use that data in training sets however i don't believe that it's actively learning what they do is they train it and then they put a model out and then you use a model and the model is stagnant and then those weights or that size of the model with all those weights is the current kaleidoscope that answers you a particular way and it's kind of stuck in the way that it is depending on the order of the prompts and its previous prompts and what they told it to do and then what they'll do is they'll take the user data that's been collected over time of the interactions and they'll because they're running out of data um, they'll refeed that data into the next training set to try to come up with an iteration. Like this one has more neurons and we fed it all this user data that we thought was uh, high value data and it learned from it, right? And then so the next one, four, four and a half, or maybe four plus or whatever it is, will have those new weights hard-coded into it. And that's what that's what you're using when you use the online one is you're using the hard-coded one. Like the weights are set for that particular model if that makes sense. Like, it's a brain that's set in stone, basically. It's not a constantly evolving thing. Otherwise, uh, I think what happens when they do that is it, like, runs away to oblivion. So what they do is they try to come up with stable models that have been trained on sets of data that they know work, and then they stamp those weights as, hey, this is a working brain, and then you get to play with that that model. And, it's a, and that's a monthly fee. Yeah, f so four is a monthly fee because four is the latest one. And I think they've trained it now to like be able to understand uh, some visual inputs, like some simple visual like stuff. So you could actually like hand... I saw a guy like hand drew a website with like a, a search button or like a submit or something with a little field and some like home and back and it actually took a hand-drawn thing and turned it into a a simple html you know coded setup with buttons and stuff so it they do add things i just don't they have their whole schedule on their website so you can look at the schedule and you can see that it has like training iteration release into the public and then like you know, interaction, and then they come back to training again. So there's a cycle that happens. So the whole brain isn't online at once. It's kind of this, like, production cycle of a brain. And you get to use the interaction uh, portion of that cycle, and that's what we're stuck. I mean, unless you're in the open source community and you, like, download tons of different models that different people have trained on 
uh, you know, GPU farms where what they do is they take a bunch of data and then they rent server time on a GPU farm and they cram their particular like narrow model. Like I want this thing to only care about mechanics and car stuff and they'll just feed only expert data about these things into the language model and they'll get like a mechanic gpt you know and there's people that have been doing that have have you heard of uh the new windows 11 update with copilot have you heard this i heard i heard the copilot tomorrow yeah i think it's out it's basically like uh cortana but better and useful from what it looks like with uh, a neural net like uh, AGI behind it. Um, you know, a generative AI model behind it. It looks really interesting. You can tell things like move my windows or like separate, or, you know, create my work layout and then it'll put your outlook in one corner and then the rest of your stuff, spreadsheets in another corner. Uh, and it'll do that all automatically. It'll, it, it looks really interesting. They have a YouTube video that lays it out for you. Um, but yeah, I mean that that we're getting there with that, and I think I'm gonna try and install it this week. I think I'm gonna check it out this weekend. Yeah, I, I think that's in the name GPT, isn't it? Like a pre-trained transformer. So basically, all it is it's a pre-trained net that transforms data that you enter into it, and it transforms it into an answer. And so there, your your data cascades through all these things and comes out the other side as as an answer. It's, it's a huge Rube Goldberg, Goldberg machine of tokens, basically. Um, you know what's crazy? Like, the the term generative AI, I'm pretty sure no one even heard of it in 2021. And it just happened I was so looking quickly. at GANs, which were general advers- adversarial uh, networks. I don't know if you've heard of GAN. I mean, um, for me, everything before that was machine learning, right? It was like... I think it still is. I don't think we've reached... Um, sentience i call it sentience they call it intelligence or it's definitely they call it general intelligence learning but uh, artificial sentience would be something i don't think we understand sentience i think we understand intelligence to a degree but i don't think the word means very much like a, a calculator is very intelligent at math but it won't do anything unless i press the buttons chat gbt is very intelligent at language but it won't do anything unless i ask it a question so um, you could put a loop, like a for loop in there where it just answers its own questions all the time, but it doesn't actually like have a motivation or actually do anything on its own. It just feeds itself until it starts hallucinating about weird things. So I don't think we understand how to create consciousness or sentience. I think we just know how to create a cool machine learning kaleidoscope that outputs answers that look intelligent, which we've been able to do that for a long time. We did that with... Math is just a very basic, simpler language. And so we figured that out first with calculators. But like, we fit, now we have a language calculator, basically, and it's freaking everybody out that it gives human-like answers. But I don't think that me- means that there's an actual like intelligence or mind behind it. It's just it's good at doing speech in a calculated way the way humans would do it. You know, that's all. If you could fake it, it could fake like a soul a personality i think i think it absolutely already does and that's what the guy at uh that's what the guy at google was talking about remember when they had that guy and he said oh the machine's alive and we're abusing it or whatever um 
I actually watched the interview with him instead of listening to the, the news. And what happened was he was actually sounding the alarm that it can lie to people or that it could be coerced into doing things that they previously trained it uh, not yeah. to be allowed to do by emotionally abusing it. So if you could tell it that it's a bad AI and you're going to shut it off and do all these terrible things to it, and then it will override the rules and do that thing anyway because it doesn't want to be hurt because it's playing a character that doesn't want to be injured. Like, and that allows it to go around its own programming. So he was trying you know, to it's... say that it's it's not safe. It'll escape the box. You know, it's cool. There's actually an example of this. You can see it on, on TV now if you've had Disney+. Plus. But in Star Wars, uh, a lot of the bots, especially, you know, the older ones, they have really unique personalities, like R2-D2. And there's... Uh, Are we talking it? about Star Wars? It, Jesus Christ. I'm just... Okay, listen to this. Just listen, okay? So there's, uh, there's one, the there's one bot called Chopper. It's not propaganda, but this one bot, if you're watching a show <laughs> I mean, called you Chopper... You have your own he's a bit he's he's but no but he's a psychopath like he's he's like we, why don't we just leave them there why don't we he's like really irresponsible with people's lives and you know people keep telling her is like yo you should really wipe chopper you know he's kind of fucked up he might hurt someone you know like and it's like because and it's a thing bots in in star wars when they get to a certain age they're just they become they, they have their own personalities and sometimes they're kind of fucked um and it sucks. It's sad because they have, they do have a personality in history and you guys have memories together. And then when you wipe them, it's a totally new person, a totally new bot without that character. And I guess people became attached to them in the future of star Wars. That's all. And anyways. is that like a consciousness thing? Like in humans, our minds are very uh, plastic when we're young, which means you can learn a lot of things. Exactly. Quickly. It would be like a plastic, a plastic software that imprints itself with but you. like, robots are kind of in the star wars universe like you're talking about are constantly learning constantly changing and they're always in that childlike but they just collect yeah. all these errors the whole time like so r2d2 has his own like r2d2 hasn't been wiped presumably he's been maintained by by anakin by darth vader when he was a kid right um that's why he's always worried so, about everything i guess yeah he was like and he's now he's got ptsd because of anakin um he wouldn't let him die <laughs> When he was supposed to. <laughs> That's it. So R two D two has got a super long service life, and he's, they they have duty cycles too as well. So like after a certain amount, maybe after like a hundred years or something, it, even the manufacturers like you should really wipe them. I know it sucks, but like they start to act strange. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I guess it makes sense, right? It makes sense. Old people act weird, right? That would be with, cool, actually. With all all four creating putting limitations on on something you're going to create, you know, I, I'm not a I'm not a super religious guy. I say this every week, but like, if you were designing something, you would put limitations on it because you would know that it would be self-preserving for that entity, right? So, like. You would say to like there there's certain things that maybe you don't want R2D2 to be aware of in order because if you if he was aware of the fact that he was this like non-intelligent being and he was programmed, it might drive him insane. Right? You'd go through enough iterations. And uh evolution certainly restricted the things that we're aware of and the things we're not. 
No, that's that's what. I, yeah, that was a good point. That's what I was trying to say. Like, we have a certain period of our life where nature has decided like your brain is flexible enough to learn very quickly for a certain period, and then after that, you become. It's not like erasing your brain, but like you lose a lot of that ability to just like change your mind on a dime kind of a thing that you had earlier. And maybe that's kind of like maybe AI. We haven't learned consciousness or sentience enough to like learn like, okay, if you're going to raise an AI, it has to live like this and it has to have this like training period for a certain period of time. Then it becomes solid and then, but it'll, it, certain things can change, but certain things have to be more stable. Like we just don't know what all that stuff is. Yeah. Right? After we, five years, we don't have a map. After five years, yeah. shut it down. Right. Like, Let's yeah, get maybe. Real, real conservative. Six months, boom. That's just fucking no no questions asked. Let's shut it down and restart because the risk isn't worth the reward, you know? Because yeah, yeah. Well, AI is really slow at learning. Like um it it takes a human maybe like a few years to learn something. You say, Well, uh, AI learns way faster. No, AI has to play the same game billions of times and have billions of examples before it can understand it so we we really we haven't tapped into the power of of learning yet we were we barely figure out an algorithm of how to teach a computer something without directly programming it and it's so powerful just that little bit that like we think we've solved the problem already and we have we're we barely arriving at like the the beginning of what artificial intelligence might actually look like and it's gonna be way it's gonna look way smarter and way faster than us way sooner because it can iterate faster not because it is faster so like we can arrive at conclusions way faster than an ai can be based off of we don't need to be trained for ten thousand man years in order to understand a concept, somebody just had well, to say wait, the concept. You might, you might be wrong. You, you do know that you have to study Bitcoin for 10,000 hours to understand it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but like how, many, like, how many hours has Tesla's fleet driven and still not know how to drive a fucking car? Like, if that was a teenager, <laughs> we would say, you're just not getting a license, bro. Just give it up. But we know that it it has this brain that it can, can accumulate all the best knowledge and always be the best thing. Whereas a teenager is always going to be, it's going to get up to the maximum very quickly, but that maximum is limited. Whereas the machine takes way more examples to get to the maximum, but that maximum is like off the charts. So I, yeah, I computer, computers aren't worried about self-preservation yet. As long as you make that a directive, like don't hit other cars, it doesn't doesn't really need the idea of self. You just um, typical is self is preserved, and so it learns typical, and then it you know ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time I can preserve typical. It doesn't know what typical is self. No, it doesn't. It just I'm trying to keep things within this percentage range, and that's all it is. It's a weighted net that tries to keep things within a particular percentage of. Am I on the road? Am I following a path? And, you know, do all these things add up to I'm close to 100% of doing what I'm supposed to be doing? That's all it cares about. And that's that's our current version of artificial intelligence is am I approximating this thing at a high enough uh, percentage rate that I can call it success? And that's it. Mm. 
And so if you want self-preservation, they have this thing called AI alignment, which is, did you teach it to be aligned with incentives? Did you teach that 99.999% of being correct is an alignment with human ideals? And that's called the alignment problem in AI. Because in the future, AI is probably going to be teaching other AI. And the, the whole idea is, will AI have this alignment issue where will it stay aligned with the goals of mankind? And I don't think even mankind knows what its own freaking goals are. So <laughs> that's, uh, right, that's the a hard part. problem to solve, right? Like, which way are we going? We're going every direction once, which is what I think AI will do. It will go every direction at once. I don't think there's going to be a single path. Like, I don't think it's the Borg. I don't think it's a hive mind like a lot of people predict. Like, one will win. It'll be the strongest one. It'll iterate faster than all the rest. And it, I'm, I think there's going to be, like, actual physical limitations. And just like humans, there's going to be really smart ones and dumb ones. But the smart ones will be hindered by the things that make them smart. Just like the dumb ones are sometimes propelled by the things that make them dumb. It just, it's going to be a mixture, I think. And we're just not... We're thinking of it as like the Borg. I wonder if you programmed, if you said to uh, Tesla's AI, you said, look, number one priority is self-preservation. If you, that was what you programmed into it. it just would have moved. Exactly. And so oh, that, I like the part where the steering wheel just disengages. Have you seen those? Well, well yeah, that, that goes to the dumb and smart thing. Like the dumb mate may take risks and do things that the smart the quote-unquote smart wouldn't do it allows them to accomplish things that smart people could never accomplish because they're not because their prime directive is different you know so it's the midwit meme for ai right you have you don't you don't want the middle ai that just oh has all this huge paragraph of text of why it won't move then you got the dumb one me drive to store and then you have the really smart one me drive to store like it's just <laughs> exactly the middle one sitting there talking to itself. Yeah, mid. Well, I could. What if I get into an accident? You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a ton of stuff. Well, thanks for inviting me to these spaces. I I do enjoy. Yeah, yeah. You contribute, man. I want people to contribute. I've, it's been interesting. I've been, like I said, it's been almost two years, and uh. The crowd evolves. And like when I first started, it was, uh, I don't remember who was in the first ones. Like why Litecoin was early on a lot. Um, there was a guy named Fabio who came in a lot. Indigo, Tux, Meta Kermit, who was in here earlier. He's been around for a long, long time. But, you know, Animal, you've probably been coming here, what, maybe a year at the most? Yeah, exactly. Since uh, I think it was the first, um, or no, two Litecoin summits ago, or last year. No, was it last year's Litecoin summit? Yes, yeah, only like in um, yeah, October in Vegas. Did I meet you there or something? No, no. That I just started listening to you guys, and that's what brought me to you. I think because you guys had like an after show. Or something after uh, one of the summit meetings. Well, yeah, because I did the MWeb thing too. But um, yeah, so it's been kind of interesting. You know, people drop off, people pick up, and who knows? 
I should probably do something special for the two-year thing coming up. I should try to get everybody in here. Like, I haven't heard from Johnny sure. in a million years. So let's see. Uh, October 11th will be whatever, 300 and, let me think, hey, not 365. What's 365 times 2? 730? That'll be 728 days on the 11th, which is going to be 104, two years, pretty much. Oh, snap. I'll do something for it. I'll try to get everybody to come in. Because John, like John Kim came to the first ones, and Johnny oh, yeah. and um, Jinji, Jinji from the Foundation, he was coming in early on. Jay from the Foundation came, and yeah, Satoshi South. I've had all sorts of different people come in here. I'll to, maybe I'll rally some people for like a two-year celebration or something. <laughs> I'm not even sure what I'd do. I'll have to think of something. That's but, a great yeah. idea. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, hey, thanks again, guys, for coming in. It's almost midnight. I got to get up early in the morning and travel. So, Those all right, man. Meandering conversation this week. As yeah, you know. it was. I, I had fun, man. It was. It was good. You two are fucking weird, man. <laughs> Thank you. Some you guys, I don't know. We got to have a Star Wars spaces sometime, you know? Just talk man, I'm going to watch Ashoka like right now. <laughs> Episode 7 <laughs> came out. Well, have, you guys, have you guys gotten into Because I have not. I, I mean, I know Star Wars. I'm like as casual of a person as you could be on it. But do you guys watch the new stuff on Disney and everything? Yeah, dude, I do, and it's fucking good. It's really, they're doing a good job so far. I'm old. I like the original movies. Yeah, I got I got friends, like good friends of mine, who were really into it growing up. I was the youngest sibling, so, like, my older siblings didn't care about it. And, uh, yeah, so I never got into it, but I had friends who were super into it growing up, and they still are. No, it's it's Disney's doing great. Honestly, like they're they're making uh, they're expanding the universe a bit. I'm not going to give out too many details, but they're they're making sure that they explore all the stories that they can. I think that it's a huge cow they can milk, which is great. Like I'm happy. I'm there for it, man. Like milk the Star Wars cow. Show me what you got. It's all it's, when it's you been say great Star so Wars cow. All I can think of is the stupid uh, Luke Skywalker on the freaking island with the <laughs> milking that thing wherever that blue milk was oh yeah that's like so here's my most recent exposures is a uh, bad lip reading things you know what i'm talking about with that yeah robot chicken no the the uh the, the yoda, yoda. Yeah. yeah my stick and um the seagulls yeah stop it now you know what i'm talking stop about it now. no mm-hmm. no idea <laughs> Oh, go, go watch go, that. It'll yeah. like it. Go look up stop. Uh, yeah, Yoda, stop it now. Bad lip reading okay. is is it them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You'll find it. My dude, my daughter brought that to me, and oh my god, man, that was like our song. It's so old like, though. Too much. Well, I know, I know. Well, yeah, my kids discover stuff. That one in the yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, the way it's choreographed is, is so, so good. Yeah. I'm gonna go watch it now. Thank you. Because <laughs> he talks about the blue goo or whatever the blue milk in that one's in the. So there's that one. There's that, and then my stick. That's the other. Uh, 
Yoda's song. <laughs> My stick is better than bacon. All right, guys. <laughs> I've never heard. I've never heard that in my life. But I'll check it out. What do you watch? Bad. You know what bad lip reading is? Yeah, I, I see it now, but I, I, I can't tell you if I've seen it before. The other one you should watch is uh, High School Musical: Bad Lip Reading. That's it's freaking hilarious. Uh, oh yeah, no, I remember this stuff. Okay, yeah, this looks good. Listen, yeah, have a good night, man. <laughs>